I've been really enjoying working through, um, working through scriptures on this new sermon series, Beyond, and, and, and how, to, how to manage a journey, um, and to see what the good elements of that are. Uh, a lot of times we don't realize that we are on a journey. Uh, we're on a faith journey, we're on a life journey, and there's a lot of things in the world that, that can cause us to kind of struggle within that journey, and we think a lot of times that um, those struggles are the end. Uh, I don't know if you remember your teenage years and, you know, uh, back in the day when if, if you were allowed to date and you broke up, it was puppy love and, oh, the world is ending. The love of my life has broken up with me. Or, or other type events in your world that happened. And some of them were actually quite bad, you know, whether it was the death of a parent, a family member. Those are all things that, that uh, impact us. But it's not the end And it's part of that journey. And so I want to encourage you this morning that there's a big picture. And we talked a little bit last week about the long game. I'm finding more and more, and this isn't to pick on this generation because there are many generations that did this, but specifically right now, the long game does not seem um, fun. The long game seems to be difficult, and nobody wants to play the long game. Now, as you may, may know or not know, I am a huge not-sports fan, and um, I don't watch a lot of sports. Um, I did play back in the day. I played football. I played hockey. I played all the cool guy stuff, and um, what happened in, in the end is as I got older and I just, I just, you know, I had kids. They were playing in sports, so I coached or, or you know, other things were going on, just busy life. I had to pay for them to play. I could no longer do it, and sitting, watching any type of sport, for a long period of time is exhausting. Just thinking about it, it makes me tired. So I don't watch the games. If you're a big sports fan, right on for you, but I can't do it. I used to be on the golf team. You might be like, that's a little nerdy. Yeah, maybe it is. Maybe it is, but I was a good golfer. There's all sorts of things that we get involved in, but sports are those types of things that, that play the long game. Each game is important. Not one time will you hear uh, a professional athlete say, oh, it's just September. You know, I'm talking hockey because I don't know when the other sports start. But it's just September. We don't have to worry about these games. You have to worry about every single game, right? When you're golfing, now that's a long game. That's a long game. That's a frustrating game. I don't know how many times I embedded my putter into the green in frustration. Uh, God was working with patience on me. It didn't work. Um, but the game was frustrating. But the long game is important. Each, each stroke is important. And it's the same with football. The strategy behind football is the long game. You wonder why they're stuck in one zone and they're, and they're like going to kick or they're going to pass or they're just wasting time. You can't figure out what they're doing. It's all strategy. Baseball. So I went to my very first professional baseball game years ago in Toronto to see the Blue Jays. Uh, I was up in the nosebleeds. They were free tickets, thank God, because I had no idea what was going on. And as I was sitting there, I'm like, when is this game going to start? You know what? I'm going to go get some peanuts or a hot dog or something, buy a hat. I got to do something because this is killing me. Well, it turns out they were halfway through the game. They were around the <laughs> fifth or sixth thing. I thought they were all just standing out there spitting and stuff. I didn't know what they were doing. But I talked with somebody about that, and they're like, no, Mark, what you don't understand is the strategy. I'm like, the strategy to stand around. Okay, I get it. I saw what they were doing. Now, if you love baseball, this is not a, an attack on you personally, so don't take it that way. You didn't make the game. You didn't create it. You may like it, but you didn't create it. But I stood there going, 
what is going on? And, and as I realized what was happening, they're, they're planning their next move. They're always planning or the next few moves ahead. And that's the important thing. Hockey, I understand a little bit more. I understand what they're doing and why they do it. But the, all of the sports have some type of strategy and long game. And we need to bring that into our personal life. We need to bring that into our spiritual life. It's the long game. It's the long game. Man, it's tough out there if we don't prepare and play the long game in life. We have to do that with our kids. We have to let them play the long game. How hard is that? Letting your children or your loved ones, your nieces and nephews, whatever, maybe grandchildren, play the long game of life. We don't like it. And a journey that is worth anything is usually packed full of stuff, packed full of life experiences, and it's longer than we want it to be. Today I want to look at chapter 10 of Luke. I want to read verses 1 to 12 and talk a little bit about uh, what's going on in that particular one, about the workers are few. And so let me read this to you. It says, After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his fields. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Let that sink in for a little bit. That's one of the most important parts of this message in, in, in my view of the scripture. Do not take a purse or a bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wage. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God is near to you. But when you enter a town and are not welcome, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. So when you follow God, you have to put some trust in him that he will provide for you, whatever that is. When you start out in your Christian walk, you have to put trust in something that you're not fully sure of yet. Right? When we first became Christians, we were excited. We loved the idea of God and Jesus and what he did for us and how it impacted us and, and all that. But we have to put trust in something. We're not quite sure on how it's going to work out. And then when something happens down the road that's difficult, and this is where you see people walk away from the church, when it becomes difficult and it doesn't turn out the way they wanted it to, whatever that may be, they turn away and they go, that didn't work because they didn't play the long game. They didn't play the long game. While following Jesus, there will be difficult times. There's no doubt. Times are going to get hard, no matter what it is. But he will provide what you need for your journey, just as he says in Scripture. And so as you make your plans, you can always trust that God is going to provide. And there's a lesson this is the lesson that Jesus taught his disciples in Luke chapter 10. He sends them on a trip to prepare people to meet Jesus. They're to go into every town and place where he himself was about to go. We see that in verse 1. And instead of a packing list, 
Jesus tells them what not to bring. What not to bring. No money bag, no knapsacks, no sandals. Whatever they're wearing is what they should take. And while the point of this trip is to introduce people to Jesus, the secondary point of this uh, ask is for the disciples to trust the Lord of the harvest, as as we see in verse 2. So the provisions of God in this particular section of Scripture, the provision of God is a major theme in Jesus' instruction for the disciples on what they're to do. Food will come from those who will receive them. Healing comes from God. So there's provision. Provision is the point of prayer that Jesus instructs his disciples to make. Pray. Do we pray? Now Jesus wants more workers. He wants more disciples. So pray that God will provide them. He's telling the disciples this. And then trust that he's going to provide while they go out and gather more workers and spread this message. Now, it's difficult when we're going through times of trouble because it doesn't feel like we're being provided for. There are times when it seems like our faith isn't working. People are not receiving the message or things are not happening, things are not being provided or the journey has faltered. Something has gone wrong. Well, if God is asking you to do something, even if it fails, it's because God asked you to do it that you do it. It doesn't matter. It's what he wants. And that's when it's important for us to play that long game and push onward. Nevertheless, Jesus says in those moments, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near. It's a long game. You see, mission, our mission is, uh, it must build, it must be built through dependence on God. We have to trust in him. And that dependence starts with prayer and it ends with a sense of joy in being a part of such a great long-standing mission. But here's the problem. We don't want to play the long game. We can't handle that. It takes too long. We want to get to the joy part. We like that part. That's our favorite part. We want to feel good. And that's part of what has happened in our world today. And, and it's not just recently. It's been in the past. But where, where quick things, having quick pleasures, getting things quickly. Man, when, when, when COVID first hit and Amazon Prime didn't come same day, I almost had a meltdown. It's like, how on earth am I supposed to get stuff if it's not going to come the same day? They were saying it's going to be like a week or a week. Are you kidding me? How hard is this? Where, where have you guys been? It's not like this is difficult. Just put it in a box and bring it to my house today like it used to be. And it's the same as we go through life. If you have to wait in line, people are losing their minds when they have to wait in line. If the lineup's too big, if the lineup's whatever, they just don't like it. We don't like to play it. Self-checkouts. Huh? Yeah? You like that, don't you? <laughs> yeah. yeah, they may not work. The thing about that is, is that you don't have to actually speak to anybody. That's healthy. That's real healthy. You don't have to talk to anyone. There's no interaction. I mean, now some stores still have a plastic shield in front of you like you're walking around with a plague, but, but whatever. I mean, at least they're there. You're seeing face-to-face. But we want things now, we want it quickly. And we want that in our spiritual life. We want that in our personal life. We want that in every aspect of our life. 
But for some strange reason, that's not how life works. It may be okay for now. You know, people have been trying to get rich quick for years. There's all sorts of scams and schemes out there. Well, guess what? The long game is what's going to pay out in the end. Yes, sometimes things happen quickly and things happen well quickly. But the majority of the time, I would say 99.9% of the time, things go slower. I mean, there was a time when we used to sit in church for three hours, and that was a spiritual service. Now people are dying to get out within 30 minutes. Not you, of course. You've got to love it here. You want to stay. We're going to go three hours today, just so you know, just to prove a point. But we want things quickly, and I get it. I totally get it. But one thing that we can't get quickly is character. One thing that we can't get quickly is a strong spiritual foundation. It takes time. It takes time. But our mission is important. The mission itself is to let people know that God is there to love them and that we can depend on him. Whatever we're going through, I still have to say it's very frustrating for me when people, you know, we're going through normal things in life and, 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 and you know, whether it was the pandemic or other things and, and people are upset about whatever is going on and they compare things to other war times like Nazi Germany or other things like that. I'm like, this is not the same. Now, are there steps towards losing freedoms? Of course there are. There's all sorts of stuff, and, 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 and I get that part. But we have to be very careful that we don't act like we're being persecuted in a way uh, that they were you know, in biblical times or in Rome. or like, It's not like that. It's not like that yet that we know of. So here we're good, and we don't want to lose those freedoms So we do have to stand up for certain things, but we have to do it in love. And even if we lose, we still do everything in love. It doesn't matter. When the the disciples were being murdered, that was a bad time. You know, I I don't know about you, but for preaching the gospel to be murdered, um, that's a problem for me. I don't like it. We're not there. Maybe yet. But either way, we're not there. And so the long game is more important. It's about those who need Jesus. There's so many believers from the time of Jesus, well, and beyond prior to that, but but specifically followers of Jesus that have suffered for just having a different idea. When the church itself at the time had theology and then were working through it, if you disobeyed and didn't, didn't, uh, if you gave an idea that was different, that could be death. That could be death. Just saying, hey, you know, let's think about this for a minute. Jesus and his deity, and if it was anything different than what was going on that day, you could be killed. Like that's, that's persecution. That's a, and that's from within the church. That's from within the church. That's not from outside. So we have to be very careful what we think is, 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 is a punishment or is a difficult time. That doesn't mean what you're going through right now is not difficult. That's not to belittle that. That's not to, to say that it's, it's not real. Your feelings are real. How you're going through stuff, yes, totally. But let's not project something on the situation that's not there. It makes it more difficult to deal with what is there and being realistic. And so as we move forward in our journey of faith in Jesus, we are changing with 
our culture to bring the message of Jesus into this culture and into this generation. It will require new ways of communicating the message, but the message doesn't change. It will require how the church looks. The church is going to look differently in the future. What is that like? I don't know. We're still working on all of that stuff, but it's going to have to come from a different angle. We're going to have to change. Back in the day, it was you know, early church time, it was reading of Psalms, and, and then it moved into preaching, and then it moved into other things. And then it became super, you know, lights and cameras and spotlights and LCD projectors and moving backgrounds, that's pretty cool, and tracks and all that. that. That was just a way to promote the message. Social media, those are all just tools. And we have to adapt to our time around us. And, and that's why we're talking about our journey of West Winds going into this building program and moving forward into a new way of doing things. We all know that right now it's a perfect time to start doing this project that we want to do because the government knows that there's housing problems. And so this is a good way. We're not just jumping on the bandwagon. We've been praying about this and the timing and when and how we're working through that. But God will make a way if this is his plan for the church. And we need to be in prayer because this is a long game. This is a long game. And how we reach the community, even while we're in this long game, is vital. We don't lose that part of the long game, especially in our spiritual walk. We read scripture. We pray. We meditate on his word. We listen to what we're, where we're going and what we're doing. Special wisdom is needed as we seek to reach the unreached and to those who need to be exposed to the gospel. <coughs> Workers faithfully to the basic message, are faithful to the basic message of Jesus, are needed in all parts of the world. They are. They're needed everywhere, but they're also here where we need them. We need them here where the gospel message has kind of been dismissed like irrelevant, like it doesn't matter, like it doesn't fit. It doesn't. That's a problem when the message has been changed and people don't think it's relevant anymore, when we lighten it up too much. Like the message is clear. Jesus is, is the son of God, died on the cross for you and for me, for our wrongdoings. That message is so important. And many in our, in our society, in our culture, have deemed it as irrelevant. And many don't know what it means. And that's on us to fix. We must still share the message with sensitivity to a unique culture in which we serve. A very unique culture, one that we haven't seen in a long time, and just because of this, this latest thing we went through uh, for three years, it's, uh, it's really changed things on how we can communicate and what's relevant. That's why I was so vocal about making sure we don't lose the message through all the nonsense that was going on out there. We don't take a stand on something that is going to offend everyone for no reason. We don't need to do that but we need to be careful of our witness where we go and how we act. I don't know if you've ever traveled throughout Europe 
Um, but there's something amazing about attending a church. And man, there are a lot of old churches in Europe, I'll tell you that. It got to the point where <clears throat> I said to Michelle, I said, I can't look at any more churches. We got to stop. <laughs> we got to stop doing this. And she's like, one more, one more. And I'm like, ugh, one more, fine. And then one more became 10 more. But whatever my lovely bride wishes. But if you go to a university, or if you go to an ancient city where people worshipped or where Jesus or the disciples walked, it brings history and our faith alive. I was in ancient Corinth in Greece. I'll tell you right now, that was amazing. That was amazing. Now, we walked around. We were taken on tour, and, and um, I loved the history of it all, and, and our little group um, was getting frustrated because the lady talked a lot about pottery, and the importance of pottery. And we saw all sorts of different types of pottery to the point of where they're like, okay, we get it, there's pottery. There's a lot of pottery, okay? And, and each level that they dig, there's different types of pottery. We get it, we get it, we get it. And I'm like, yes, but you don't understand. It's so important because it tells us what was going on in that era, who was influencing them in the way they designed the pottery. And I'm just going, I don't love pottery, but I love what that pottery stood for. And then in spots where, where I stood, where the apostle Paul stood and preached the gospel or debated with philosophers. I just went, this is amazing. This is amazing. It just brought my faith even more alive in it, and it excited me. And we want that to be the same thing for those that come after, or after us when we're gone. We want them to come in and be like, they, they had faith. They were, even though they had difficulties in their, in their journey, they had a strong faith. And we want to inspire those to come along. But since the time of Jesus, God has been calling workers and calling those to work the fields and, and plant this emerging life that needs harvesting for him. When we are gone from this earth, will we be able to say that what we did, God asked us to do with our time, with our money, with our testimony? Are we examples of that faith? of those in the past, those that built this building, those that came from the other site that we had, the two other sites. One was a, one was a community hall, and then it went, went to a church that they bought, and then this building, and then now the next. Are we examples of faith? Are we examples of how God provides and reaches out to the community? That's the legacy we want to leave, that we are people that trust in God and want to change people's lives, not for our own ego, but for their sake. Every day that a person wakes up is a gift from God. Life itself is demonstrated in the provisions of God. Because I'll tell you right now, in the emergency service that I work in, your life can be snapped up in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. 17-year-old boy last night died in a car accident in my area, on shift, gone, gone. I don't know. I don't know where he stands eternally. It's important that we understand. Genesis states that the air humans breathe is a gift from God. Genesis 2 verse 7, look it up. He breathed into us. And when thinking of provision of God, it is helpful to recount all the ways and all the times God has provided in the past, in the beginning, with the air that we breathe. Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers 
are few. He says, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. When you read that last portion, first of all, he says, go, get out there and do it. Because there's a lot of work to do and not enough people. And then he says, and also I'm going to send you out like lambs in an area full of wolves. He didn't say, you're going to go there as lambs, and it's going to be beautiful, and it's going to be fluffy, and you're going to be a beautiful lamb, and you're going to bounce around all over the place, and everyone's going to love everything you say and be a part of everything you do, and it's going to be easy because the shepherd's just going to you know, move you around. No, he said, you're going out, and there's wolves. Wolves was what they used in ancient Israel. The Israelites used wolves to explain difficulties. It's very self-explanatory, yes, but I just wanted to make sure you knew this was not just a, a comment. When the, the people who were reading these letters, when they gathered, knew. And when Jesus was talking, they knew when he said, there are wolves. It means difficult times are coming. Whatever those are, we don't know. But he will provide whatever that looks like and I'm here to tell you today, if I died tomorrow, he still provided for me. He still provides. If we die tomorrow, he still provides. We often think that death is the end, but that's not the long game. The long game is after. And so while we're here, let's bring that message as much as we can. This week, I want you to specifically think about how do you understand what God has asked you to do <clears throat> and are you doing it? What are you doing? I'm asking you straight. You don't have to tell me. That's between you and God. But are you reflecting on your own personal walk with God? We're going to go to communion. Do you believe that you are doing what God has asked you to do and do you believe that he will provide for you as you move forward? So are you doing what he's asked you to do? And do you believe that he will provide for you? Whatever that looks like. Do you believe it? Only you can answer these questions. That's just between you and God. I can't do it for you. But that's something you need to ponder this week. What has God asked you to do? And are you doing it? And will he provide? God does so many unique things with each and every one of you. It's not going to be the same as what God's doing for me. It'll be different. What God's asked you to do will be different. But in the end, he has asked us to do something, and he said he'll provide. It's scriptural. It's his character. Scripture shows us his character and what he expects from us and how. But sometimes it's just different individually. And in our time and our culture, what does God ask you to do? Only you can reach the people that you interact with. What's it going to be? Let's pray. Father, thank you that you have given us provision, that you care for us, that you, you, you watch out for us. And even in the difficult times, no matter what, no matter what they are, you are walking with us and you are providing for us. Help us to recognize that. And this week, for those that are struggling with understanding their own personal walk and what you've asked them to do and 
Give them the answers they need. Give them the direction that they need. Holy Spirit, you are always welcome to turn us in the right direction if we've gone in a different direction. It's never too late. Help us because the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few.